The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. It's time for our Monday expert, and today it's Enda Dooley, audiologist for Hidden Hearing. Uh, he's going to answer your questions about uh, hearing loss, so you can WhatsApp them to us. Oh, it's seven one four hundred one zero six. Enda, good morning. Good morning, Pat. Now, how do people know they're losing their hearing? Because what you don't hear, you might not miss. Whereas if your eyes are going, things get a bit fuzzy. Great analogy, and I often use that with patients as well, because when somebody I'm getting to that stage now where I'm looking at the fine print. It's not as clear clear as it used to be. And I, I'll accept I can't see it as well as I used to. So I'll go and get my eyes tested. And we need to try to um, create the same awareness of hearing loss because hearing loss is not deafness. You know, no, nobody comes in to me um, with deafness. There's nothing, thankfully, uh, sorry, there's nothing we can do, but... Hearing loss means a clarity of speech loss. So if you're noticing that you feel people are mumbling, uh, if you feel that people are speaking too softly or too low and you're having issues understanding speech clearly, then it's time to maybe come in and get a hearing test and see where you're at. Okay. how likely is it that people will uh, at some point in their life, probably the later stages, experience hearing loss? How widespread is it? Very common. So two thirds of adults over the age of 60, uh, World Health Organization figures, uh, will experience hearing loss or the start of hearing loss. And again, the only way we can actually uh, advise a patient if they're where their hearing level is at, treat your hearing as part of a health check and a wellness check um, now, and come um, in and get a test. When you go to, say, Hidden Hearing or anyone else who runs hearing tests, um, if you go, to, for example, to uh, an optician or not rather than an ophthalmologist, you know, they, they will have certain machines available, but can they treat eye disease if it's there? What about an audiologist? If there's something fundamentally wrong, what can the audiologist do? So the most common type of hearing loss will involve high frequency hearing loss in the inner ear. So how we hear our ears are just collectors, but the inner ear, the cochlea, the inner ear, sends nerve impulses and signals to the brain. When you have normal hearing, there's approximately 15,000 microscopic little tiny hair cells. And hearing loss can involve a loss of those caused by most commonly age, uh, noise in the past, people who worked in noisy environments, family history can cause it, and also certain illnesses and certain medications. But when we're doing hearing tests, this is what's so unique about every single person we meet has a unique hearing loss. Um, and certain conditions, if they show up during the test, then would be referable conditions. And we will always refer the patient then back, and how, how back would their doctor. I mean, this may be a technical question. How would you know that it wasn't just age-related hearing loss versus yeah. some underlying medical condition which is giving rise to that loss? So a common um, thing that we see with patients when we test them is if one ear is slightly worse hearing loss than the other ear. So if a patient has, the test will tell us if the cochlear inner ear hearing is worse on one side than the other that's a referable condition we refer back to your gp your gp refers you to an ear nose and throat specialist and in that case they'll probably do an mri scan just to check to make sure everything's okay 
Yeah. Um, now, young people using earbuds quite a lot, sometimes on ears as well. I've been yep. using on ears all my working life, which yep. is a long time now. Um, but uh, for, for younger people, they may be using these things at uh, fairly significant volumes. Maybe you're on public transport, you yep. want to drown out the noises yep. around you. Yep. Um, how dangerous is that? Be careful of that. It's, it really is. It's, it's, you know, maybe one generation ago, men and women had to go to work in noisy environments. They didn't have a choice. Mm. Health and safety came in in the 80s. And if you're working in an environment that's over 85 decibels, by law, your employer has to provide you with hearing protection. Um, but yet we do it to ourselves. We do it to ourselves. And I, I, I did a, um, an interview with your own Jess Kelly about this very subject and we measured, uh, I measured my own son's uh, uh, the, the decibel level. He goes to the gym. He doesn't like the music in the gym. He puts on his over-ear headphones at full volume on his phone, full volume on his headphones. And it was over 95 decibels. Now, what does that compare to? That's uh, almost an aeroplane taking off. Okay. And when you consider how close that is to your eardrum. So if somebody, as you said, if they're commuting maybe for an hour or two and they're on the dart or the bus... Uh, and if they're working in an environment where they're able to listen to music, the, the 60-60 rule is what we advise. So 60% of the maximum volume on your phone for 60 minutes a day. OK. Um, what can people get uh, via their PRSI if they have they suspect they have hearing loss? Can they get a free test? Yes. So uh, testing is free with hidden hearing, regardless of whether you have PRSI contributions or not. So uh, if you have PRSI contributions, then you are entitled to claim a grant of a thousand euros towards the cost of your hearing aids, which is 500 euro per hearing aid. So how much might they be? How long is a piece of string? It really depends on the person's lifestyle. It depends on their age. It depends on their hearing loss. But we have a range of hearing aids starting at that point of 500 euros uh, um, and then if you know, if you're reasonably quiet lifestyle, you know, obviously you don't need maybe the same level of technology than somebody who's working in a very dynamic environment. Younger people working in offices where there's a lot of background noise. So the testing is free, but it's really when we sit down with the patient and we find out, you know, background on their lifestyle, where did they need to hear better? Yeah, background now, noise. Is there's probably a rule of thumb: the smaller it is, the more expensive it is. Not really, no. Uh, so the technology is fantastically um, improved in the last number of years. If you think about, um, you know, my dad had the big old hearing aid that everybody kind of remembers. You know, the big huge things that mm -hmm. sat behind your ear. Now they are so much smaller. But what's more important is the technology has improved so much. So most people now, they would feel that the hearing aids today are very, very discreet compared to before. Now, many of the calls coming into us are about tinnitus. Mm. Um, what can be done about that? So tinnitus can be very distressing for some people and it's very common for people with hearing loss. So there's some studies suggesting over 80 odd percent of patients who have tinnitus could have um, hearing loss. High frequency hearing loss is the most common type. High frequency hearing loss affects clarity of speech. Do you think that people are hearing the tinnitus in their ear because their hearing has actually deteriorated and the frequencies that might have drowned out the tinnitus uh, are now absent? This is the problem. We don't really know because uh, pa patients can have tinnitus and have perfect normal hearing. 
And then some patients have severe hearing loss and don't have tinnitus. So always the advice is if it's causing you stress, if it's causing you problems sleeping, mention it to your doctor. But again, if you're, you know, over the age of 50 and you haven't had a baseline hearing test, the advice is go get a hearing test, see where your hearing levels are at and take it further then. Um, I'm on antibiotics for a sinus infection, got my ears syringed at the start of the infection a week ago. Horrific tinnitus since then, keeping me awake at night. So I wonder, was that to do with the medication or was that to do with the um, how the wax was removed then as well? So it can cause sometimes removal of wax if it's not softened. We always advise patients soften the wax for three or four days before you go in to Mm. get it removed. It makes it easier. But it could be a temporary thing. So tell the patient, uh, that person, not to worry. Uh, It's hopefully just a temporary thing. But if it continues for uh, a week or longer, they should discuss that with their doctor and maybe Mm. have a look at the medication. Now, just to be clear, people, if they think they have a medical problem, they shouldn't necessarily go to you. No, we are, we are not. Uh, so we're in the, obviously, our expertise, my own particular, is testing of hearing loss and diagnosing of the correct hearing instruments for that hearing loss. Anything that's a medical condition, uh, always speak to your GP. Should people, if they are fearing hearing loss and they believe they can't hear as well as they used to, should the first port of call be um, wax build up and go to the dock? Or is that something that you would you know, in examining their ear before you do the the hearing test, you say, ah, for God's sake, your we, ears we are full of wax. We, we always check for wax. Yeah, you we always, always check, check for, for wax. wax. And wax is very common. But uh, if you're noticing that you're not hearing speech as distinctly as you used to, you're asking people to repeat what they say a bit, you're turning the telly up, you feel the priest is mumbling in mass. You know, remember when you were 20, nobody mumbled, nobody, yeah. nobody spoke too fast. And everybody had perfect elocution. Yeah, that's how you remember it. But in fact, it's your hearing hearing that's deteriorating. Um, I've had hearing aids for several years with varying success. The most attractive feature of my hearing aids are Bluetooth, where I can hear my music while walking. I also have an accessory piece of equipment which allows me to hear the TV directly to my ears. Mm. But I find if I'm on the phone to someone, my phone can cut off suddenly for no reason. Is that the fault of the hearing aid or my phone? If I take off my glasses, it seems to cut off my hearing aids. That's from Eamon and Galway. There's an so, intriguing yeah, one. Yeah, that's an interesting. It's almost always a Bluetooth uh, issue, Eamon. So, you know, if, you, if your phone is connected to your hearing aids and then you jump into your car and then the phone connects to the car stereo and then you come out of the car, it has to reconnect back up to the hearing aids again. So your phone may also be connected to speakers in the house. So the software updates from your phone, uh, make sure you're doing that. And also, I've been told this by um, engineers, it's really important, apparently, to turn your phone off, power it off completely, at least once a day, because it keeps the phone in a stable pairing mode then with your other devices. So power it off for, for maybe 30 seconds and back on. This one is interesting. It started with very itchy ear, just one ear a year ago. And ever since then, my ear is very sensitive to loud noise and vibration, like my electric toothbrush, for instance. Uh, And another symptom when there's a loud noise or even if I cover my ear and just talk, I can hear the sound getting distorted like a speaker turned up too loud. Also, I have tinnitus all the time since this started. That business of itchy ear, I heard something about eczema can lead to hearing loss. So all kinds of different skin conditions people have and it affects their ear canal as well. And, uh, you know, you can get 
olive oil sprays, just light olive oil, and you could use a, a little spray of light olive oil into your ear canal for a number of days to see if that um, eases the itch. Anything that's going on longer than a week, though, I'd always refer back to your GP and you may need a medicated cream. Mm. Is there any way to minimise external noise uh, other than just turning the volume down with this new technology? We can't turn down noise. Unfortunately, we can't turn down noise. Because people who wear over ears can have noise reduction features built into their um, headphones. They they talk about noise cancelling headphones, but but they can't cancel a brass band playing in the same pub as you're in. So the problem is, you know, background noise is louder than the voice of the person you're trying to hear. Are bone conduction earphones more or less likely to cause hearing damage? Um, they shouldn't, it shouldn't be any difference. It really depends on the volume that you're listening to. I guess the bone conductions, because your ear canal is open with those. So these are very popular with people who are uh, into running. So your ear canal is actually open so you can hear the world around you and still get the music through the bone Mm -hmm. conduction. You probably don't need it as loud. Um, A final question about uh, the battery life in uh, hearing aids. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I mean, do you recommend that people who uh, benefit from them wear them all the time? You know, the idea that if you wear glasses all the time, your sight yeah. disimproves. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. So what it's people completely, believe. It's completely the opposite of that. In fact, long term clinical studies, you know, going back to the 1960s, have shown when you treat your hearing loss, it stimulates and exercises those little hair cells that are left in your cochlea, your inner ear. And we can actually... Um, prevent or slow down the the onset of it. So it's really important to wear your hearing aids all Okay, so that brings day. us to the question of how long does the battery last? Most new hearing aids now, Pat, are rechargeable. So the days of changing fiddly batteries are gone, thankfully. Um, and a full charge? Full if- charge. So it's with our own Oticon hearing aids, a three-hour charge every night is, is your full 12 to 14-hour days hearing the next day. If you are like your previous caller, streaming music into your hearing aids while you're out walking. And if you're watching videos and listening to phone calls, you are using the battery a bit more then. Yeah. So just be conscious of that. But in most scenarios, a three-hour charge is all of your next day hearing. And it's full at that point. The battery's full. Yeah. Three, yeah. So three it, it, charge. it charges up in three hours and then switches off, sits there until the morning. All right, it's, but your uh, phone and your app on your phone will tell you where your battery level is at now. It's a different okay. world, Pat. A different world and uh, technology much more sophisticated than it used to be. Enda Dooley, a hidden hearing audiologist, thank you very much for joining us. And that's all Thanks we've time for. Pat. A reminder that our items from today are uploaded as podcasts, which you can listen to on the News Talk app powered by GoLoud. Just search for The Pat Kenny Show. The Pat Kenny Show. With Aviva Insurance. On News Talk.